Welcome to the 5511 Podcast, inspiring stories of God's power being poured out globally in the lives of ordinary people. Hosted by Dirk Smith, Peyton Armstrong, and Brooke Kell. This podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. Hello and welcome to 5511 Podcast, supported by EEM, where every story is a living example of Isaiah 55. Once again, I'm Dirk, and with me as always are Brooke Kell and Peyton Armstrong. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning. Morning. How are you, Dirk? Doing good. You guys good? Doing good. Enjoying the weather, the cooler temperatures in the morning, going for walks. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The change of season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It has been high time for fall. Uh, I was. Mm-hmm. I was ready for this. All right, Brooke. So last time everybody was with us, you were headed off to Istanbul and to go yeah. see the the team. How was uh, How was the trip? Give Give our audience kind of a brief report. Sure. The trip was amazing. It was just a gift to be able to be with our team. And this is something, these meetings happen once a year. And it's just a perfect time to gather and talk about the past year and pray about the future of the ministry. And it was really some of my favorite takeaways were really just hearing from the team about how God has provided and protected them this year, specifically um, during the war and how everybody has just responded and seen God at work in our lives Um, from every story about how our team got out of the country in Ukraine earlier in the year in at the end of February, March and just how everybody came together and how God just was with every person on our team every step of the way. And that mm-hmm. was just really encouraging to hear about as as well as encouraging to hear about the work that has been done over the year and the upcoming projects we have. Yeah. And we really missed you, Dirk. Well, I miss being there. I was I did zoom in at ungodly hours of the morning a couple of times. Yeah. For parts of meetings, <laughs> it was good to see everybody online. But uh, yeah, it has been a crazy year. It's been a crazy year. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, it really it, has. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Just a reminder of how God has sustained us mm-hmm. through it all. Peyton, mm-hmm. what's going on with you? Anything uh, exciting happening? Um, me and my husband just celebrated our anniversary. One whole year together. Congratulations! Wow. Yeah, One. thank you. Good heavens. It's flown by. I can't remember what one year of marriage looked like. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's good. Now just do about 65 more of those. Mm -hmm, That's the goal. That's it. That's good. That's good. Well, we've had a lot of company at our house, uh, which has been good and tiring at the same Mm -hmm. time. A little tiring on my wife, but uh, very good visits. So not a lot else going on. Little news here, little uh, carrot on a stick, I guess. Brooke, next next uh, episode is going to share with us. We're going to hear from her on her visit to Istanbul and um, also to North Macedonia. 
really her trip to North Macedonia. So be sure and mark your calendars to come back and hear that. It'll be, uh, it, it's going to be a, a good time. We're looking forward to that. So this week, I'm going to share a story that Brooke was present for. Brooke was there. And so yeah. she'll have some insight into this. But uh, it was in 2019. Is that right, Brooke? Was it 18 or 19, wasn't it? It was 19. 2000, I think it was 19. Yeah, I think it was It was our was last too. time to go overseas before yes, the pandemic. Yes, before COVID. Um, and we were in Russia, <laughs> kind of ironically. We uh, were in St. Petersburg and then took a train down to Moscow. And it was during our time in St. Petersburg that our regional coordinator there, Oleg, took us out and we were doing some deliveries of Bibles to some local ministries around. He said, hey, they really want to meet you. And so we had kind of been out and about. And so we encountered a great group of, oh man, amazing hearted people that we just, it was very surprising. So we're driving around St. Petersburg, and St. Petersburg is a massive city. I mean, massive city. So the city blocks are like New York City blocks on steroids. They're gigantic. So we had made some deliveries, and so we were driving around and driving around. We're looking for the next place that we're going to deliver, and we had no idea where we were going. At least I didn't. And Oleg gets on his cell phone after about the third time I saw the same sign that we passed. I looked over at him and I said, Oleg, are we lost? And he said, I'm trying to find her. And I said, who? Who are we trying to find? He said, well, th this place that we're going to deliver these books to. And I said, oh, okay. Well, he gets on the phone. He's, ah, I'm going to try and call her. So he gets on the phone and he's speaking in Russian, but he's looking very frustrated. And he looks back at me and he says, she doesn't speak Russian. And I said, well, what is she speaking? He said, I, I think she's Polish. And I said, well, do you speak Polish? And he kind of was indignant. He looked back at me almost like he was offended. No, I don't speak Polish. And I was like, okay, sorry. So I said, well, um, maybe try English. And he looked at me like, oh. So he says back to her and I can hear it now. Do you speak English? And he looks back at me and says, eh, she speaks English. I was like, well, great. Here, let's try that. Well, then I could understand what was happening. And so I get the gist that, okay, she's going to come out to the side of the road and we're going to be looking for her. And I said, now, who is this? He said, well, it's a nun. I said, oh, okay. So Brooke, as I recall, seated right behind me. I was in the passenger side. So we we're all looking for this nun. We're looking off to the side of the road, and all of a sudden, in the dark of this city block that was just very gray and very dark, it was like this bright light because this nun was all in white. And I remember Brooke going, there she is. And in my ear, I hear Brooke go, it's Mother Teresa because... She looked just like Mother Teresa. It was the same order, Mother Teresa's order. So she was dressed very much like Mother Teresa, so white with the blue 
you know, the blue band on the on the head on her head covering, and uh, so we pull up, and she, very very sweet. She opens this. There was a walking gate open, but the driving gate to get into the city block was not open. She unlocked it and let us in, and we start driving back into the city block. I jokingly said to to Oleg, "Man, are you dropping breadcrumbs? Because how are we going to find our way out of here?" And he he kind of said, yeah, I, this is crazy. I don't know how far we're going back in here. So we went way, way deep into the city block, and we pull up to this very nondescript yellow building. No sign out front. Nothing that would tell you that there's a ministry going on or anything happening in this building. And we pull up, and a couple more nuns come out, and they greet us. And I still, at this point, don't really know what they do and what they're going to do with these Bibles. And we find out that there are six nuns, none of which are Russian. One is Polish, one is Korean, one was from India, and the only other one we met, I believe, was from Germany. The other two we didn't meet. We met four of the six. And their job, volunteering to care for detox and help heal homeless alcoholics and i can remember thinking this has got to be the nastiest job on the planet who wants this i mean this this is hard work and it's gross i mean it's just not a fun job they take us in they're so eager to show us around they give us a tour of the facility we kind of land back into the kitchen we've got the boxes of, of the bibles that we've set down and they shared with us the reason they wanted the Bibles. They said, after they detox, they send their patrons, they send them off to an intense 30-day kind of an AA-type program. And when they would come back, they were asking spiritual questions. So they began talking to them about God. And they had a Protestant man who they had asked to come and do a Bible study with them and we had met this guy earlier and so i'll call him jonathan uh, this guy jonathan would come and do a bible study with their people that were there and it was so fun watching them and their excitement because they they exclaimed to us and and you know we get to sit in on these bible studies and we are so excited to learn things about the bible this is just it's amazing and they said, Jonathan has his Bible, and we just don't have any Bibles. So we cracked open this box. I'll never forget. Open it up, and here are all these Bibles. And the look on their face was just incredible. And they picked them up, and they, oh, this is wonderful. And then one of them said, but we were hoping to give them each a Bible so that they would have their own Bible. What happens if we run out? <laughs> I remember saying, sister, you can have all the Bibles you want. Just talk to Oleg, and we'll get you as many as you need. A number of things hit me. One was just the humility of them and the nature of their work. And then one statement they said, as they told us about the work, they said, you know, we just love on these people and it's very hard. And they go off and they come back. And one of them said, on occasion, they backslide and they don't do well. And they, they begin to drink again and they come back and they, they want us to help them again. And we take them back. And I thought, well, of course you do. 
because that's what Jesus does. And it was one of the most impactful as we walked out of there and we got into the van. I remember looking up at that building and thinking, this is exactly what Jesus wants all of us to be doing. In a nondescript building, no neon sign, nothing to exclaim, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing, and to be in really the cesspool of care with our sleeves rolled up and just loving people who are in probably the most desperate and darkest place that they could be. And guaranteed, as Brooke and I saw and we heard, they're not all success stories. I mean, a lot of non-success stories. But just the love of these ladies, how they loved the people they were working with, and just their absolute humility and hunger to be disciples of Jesus. Dirk, as I remember that visit, so much of that story that you just told brought so many things to my memory. And I have a lot circling around in my head about what I could say about these women and about how God is using them in their obedience. But like you've already mentioned, what's really sticking out to me is just the humility and the the idea that these women have gone all in and they are showing this community of people our Heavenly Father's heart, and they're showing Jesus through their humility of a servant's heart mm-hmm. um, and their their just willingness to be the hands and feet of Jesus in just in the, these types of conditions where we know it's very difficult. And there's a couple of verses that come to mind that speak to this humility that really God has called us to. Um, the first one being, Philippians 2, uh, 3 through 11. Um, And it says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And Mm -hmm. let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Hmm. And, and I just see this image yeah. of Christ being on display through these women. Um, this is a servant's heart. No one is looking. They, have tucked in, they are tucked away in the middle of an extremely large city. And it's so revealing of their heart. And, and another verse that came to mind was Colossians 3. 23 through 24, really these Mm -hmm. two verses, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you're working for the Lord and not for human masters. Mm -hmm. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Mm -hmm. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And I just think that these women know who they're working for. And, and I really believe it's out of a response of, them knowing how loved by God and cared for by God they are. And yeah. it's an overflowing of that yeah. response of the love that they've felt. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's man, that is so, boy, 
two great, great passages. Mm-hmm. And I've had people say this. I don't agree with everything that the Catholic Church teaches. Well, okay. There's definitely things that, that we would disagree on. But we agree on this. And then yeah. I, it, you know, you look at yourself and those passages that you just brought up. Where's our ministry like that? Mm-hmm. Do we really view everything that we do in a, as something to glorify God? We're putting our hand to it and recognize that we're serving God? Because that's the only way, in my opinion, you can do that, that work that they're involved in and looking at the joy in their faces and mm-hmm. the absolute love and compassion they had for people they don't know. I mean, it's not right. like these are family members. These are strangers who many of them can't, I mean, have a difficult time communicating with, and they would have to have Russian translators to help communicate with these people. Mm-hmm. So my job as a disciple of Jesus, I'm, I'm speaking on their behalf, is to help them get there, to help them improve. So, man, great verses. Yeah, well, I think on the other hand, another really important thing to bring up here that was a part of the story you shared was their their ability to identify the spiritual poverty, the spiritual hunger within those who were brought to them and Mm -hmm. their humility and wanting to partner with this Protestant to study the Bible together and to have access to the Bible. And I think that they understand that these women understand that we were created with a hunger and a thirst for God that, and a longing that nothing else can fulfill besides yes. a relationship with him. And we get that by reading his word and spending time with him. And they understood that. And they understood that, that God also longs for us and thirsts for us to know that we are loved by him and that he wants our souls to be saved. And I think that they really understood that. And I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And their fruit because of their humility and their um, acknowledgement of the Lord loving them so well, and their just thirst for more knowledge in the word, the fruit of the spirit was very apparent to everyone around them. And so yeah. I think the the part of the story that stands out the most to me is that they lived in such a way that even when these um, people were potentially at their lowest point, they saw the fruit and the joy and the peace and um, the thirst, you know, the, that these nuns had. And so when they were were sober, they came back asking mm-hmm. spiritual deep questions, um, yeah. looking for that hope that these nuns so clearly represented. So I think that is amazing. It is amazing. And what does Jesus tell us? You'll know a good tree what? Mm-hmm. By its fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I, I'd say that's pretty good fruit. Absolutely. So here's my get real part. I mean, when I, and, and it happened to me when I was there, I, I thought, where am I doing this? Would mm-hmm. I do this? I mean, 
or am I looking for the e you know the ways to serve God that are comfortable, that are easy, that get my name up in lights, that I can get affirmation and accolades for? Am I looking for the stage? Mm-hmm. Is that what I want? And is maybe God saying, "No, no, you you just serve me, love people, love people in their." their deepest, darkest place. But oftentimes we walk away from situations because it's messy. We walk mm-hmm. away from relationships with people that we know because, ah, uh, this is just messy. If this got too messy, I'm, I'm bailing on this. So that's my get real is, is looking at them and, and saying, okay, if people look at me, do they say that's good fruit? Must be a good tree. Yeah. If people find out about what these ladies are doing, there is no way anybody on this earth would say, what a bunch of selfish ladies. What a, what a bunch of self-seeking, self-promoting, self-serving group of ladies. That's not going to be said. And mm-hmm. you would walk away and say, wow, that's incredible. What, what love. Even if you don't believe in God, even if there's no belief in God, you would look and say, these people are incredible. Mm-hmm. What a testament. I think that's a really good point. So when you were talking, another thing that comes to mind is sometimes as believers in the moment, we may be eager to respond and say, here I am, send me God. Mm-hmm. But then we get to a point where he says, okay, I'm sending you to stay and be a light in your home or be a light mm-hmm. in this relationship. And then we say, Okay, never mind. I I'm asking to be sent somewhere else. Yeah. Um, where we have these just we we put limits on that. And so I think this really this get real point that you're making just really challenges me to think about do I really have a heart posture that says, Here I am, Lord, send me and whatever that means, um, I wanna be obedient to that. If that and I think a part of that is we're called to suffer alongside people because that's what Jesus did. And that's what these women are doing mm-hmm. with this population of people. Yeah, absolutely. I think one big challenge that stands out to me currently is kind of going a little bit deeper and seeing that these women were humble. Um, they took a posture of humility and were glorifying God rather than themselves Um, doing hard work that the Lord sent them to do and their response and obedience was amazing. And you can see that from the outside, but there's an interest to me of what their, what does their life in secret look like? What do they do um, behind closed doors? What do they do when they're alone? And I think that we learned this very um, well from the prophet Jeremiah when we kind of just look and say, well, what are these people doing in secret? What are people who are doing the right things and glorifying God doing in secret? Because that matters. Um, What you do in secret shows where your heart truly is, where your priorities are. Um, And so looking in, looking just at the prophet Jeremiah, what he does, you know, is he prays. He prays to God. He spends time with God. Um, Actually, 
interesting enough, I'm doing a study through Jeremiah right now. And one of the um, books that I've, I'm reading um, kind of goes into, into this a little bit more and, and just reminds, reminds us and, and me specifically um, that God, God is a, a person um, God's not an idea to be studied. God's not something to be talked about. Um, swapping stories about God or talking about God or setting up on God is very different than being intimately in prayer with God and addressing God and listening to God, um, speaking to Him rather than about Him. And so I think it's very... Um, yeah, it's very prevalent in Jeremiah that he does that. He talks to God, um, whether that's frustration or um, he doesn't want to go to this place, or he's he's angry, or he's thankful. He talks to God, and he his prayer life is just incredible um, to look at, and something that I hope that we would aspire to do. And so, I think that that is clear that these nuns also were digging deeper into the word and being parts of Bible studies and praying, um, praying to God in order to be able to respond in the way that they did. And so I think that's kind of the challenge um, for me that I'll kind of put out to the audience is just what are you doing in secret? Um, What does that look like? And if your life in secret doesn't add up, then maybe it's time to to spend some time in prayer, um, talking to God rather than only talking about God or or only studying about God, really talking to Him. That's a great point. You know, we do that if we if we theorize God, it's easy to not follow that. But when I'm in relationship with somebody, I don't want to let them down, mm-hmm. and and that's and maybe that's why so many of us th- there is a difference between our outward our outward experience or our, our our outward existence and our existence in secret because you're you're spot on Peyton I couldn't agree anymore you know what we do in secret that's who I am yeah i think that that's an amazing challenge for us it's not easy um but it's a challenge we're called to, I believe, as Christians and followers of Jesus, that just like these women um, were operating and working without accolades, they mm. were in this day and age, I think it's easy to be what we might call influencer Christians and mm-hmm. where we're able to <laughs> yeah. put everything out in the open and it's easy to follow God and invite everybody to watch us do that. But these women didn't do that. Their devotion, their devotion to God, their, their, um, just every part of their routine was in secret and we can learn so much from them about how that reveals where our heart is. Like you said, what we do in secret, if it is not, um, integrated with what we do out in public, we need a heart check. Mm-hmm. That's it. Who's my audience? Am I doing this for God? And that goes back to Brooke, your some of your passages. Do I recognize I'm working for God or am I working for other people? Am I looking for yeah. the accolades? Yeah. All right. Great discussion. 
Thanks, everybody, for joining us. As, uh, as always, we would love for you to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button below wherever you're listening to this podcast. So subscribe to our podcast. Uh, also, please give us a rating and take the time to write a review. And as always, share our podcast with your friends and your family. Once again, next episode, Brooke will share stories from the trip to North Macedonia. And I promise you, you're not going to want to miss that. It's, uh, it's going to be an exciting time. So thanks again for joining us. Peyton, Brooke, thank you for a great discussion. And uh, until next time. You've been listening to the 5511 Podcast, hosted by Dirk Smith, Peyton Armstrong, and Brooke Kell. It's edited by David Wilkinson. The 5511 Podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. To learn more about how you can partner with EEM, go to eem.org. And we'll leave a link for you in the show notes. We'd also love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. And we'd really appreciate you telling your friends about us. So thanks for joining us. And we'll be dropping a new episode every other Tuesday. Tuesday.